Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. In this weekly show, you'll catch two fund managers who'll share their views on a selection of listed companies, both here and overseas. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be notified of new episodes each week. And don't forget that all the views expressed are general in nature and you should seek your own advice before making any decisions of your own. That's all from me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the latest edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. Hello and welcome to Livewise Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm Grady Borf. And if there's one sector that has captured the attention of Australian investors over the last 10 years, it's undeniably the healthcare sector. But with the likes of the powerhouses like CSL underperforming in recent times, I thought we'd take it to the experts today to see where the smaller hidden gems are of the smaller end of the healthcare sector. To do that, I'm joined by Tim Johnston from Tyndall Asset Management and Tobias Yao from Wilson Asset Management. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Tim, I'll start with you. Now, the healthcare sector has underperformed since the onset of COVID-19. Do you think that they can come back from here? I certainly think there are opportunities in the healthcare sector, but on balance, I think the sector underperforms in the next 12 months, primarily because the valuation multiples that the sector's trading at still need to correct. If you go back to pre-COVID and the run-up to COVID, 2016 through 2019, the valuation multiples in the sector expanded quite enormously. CSL, as a, as by way of example, went from a historic average of around 22 times to up to 30, or sorry, 45 times at the peak of its valuation range, and now it's trading back at about 30 times. So still a fair way to correct before we're back to historic averages. Tobias, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so we do see value in some of the traditional healthcare names. You know, as Tim has touched on, you know, COVID was a very disruptive period, uh, initially to the top line of many of these businesses, and then we've had a whole whole raft of cost issues, you know, cost inflation, employee absenteeism, you know, GP copay and availability issues, and, you know, even patient cancellations, yeah. to, uh, to name a few. So that's really impacted the margins of many of these businesses. And so the evaluation has come off. Now, we believe right now, a lot of that negativity is priced into the share price. Uh, in fact, if you look over the last six months, we've had two takeovers in Silk Lasers and SDA Health. So that's really highlighting the value in the space. So we're positioned that way, uh, invested in many of these traditional names. Now, do you think it's important for investors to have healthcare exposure in their portfolios? Uh, absolutely. Um, I guess if I focus on the traditional names, investors like the fact that these are structural growth stories. Um, you know, they're exposed to the aging population, population growth, and regulatory backdrop is typically um, very, uh, very stable. And if they have an offshore operation and succeed in their offshore strategy, then they could grow to be very large businesses like the ones in the ASX 100. So we do see a lot of value. We think the sector as a whole exhibits both growth and uh, defensive characteristics, which should produce pretty good returns on a risk-adjusted basis over many years. Tim, what are your thoughts? Do you think it's important to have exposure to healthcare of some form in your portfolio? Uh, listen, ideally, I agree with everything Tobias said there. The, the fundamentals of the sector are very, very attractive to investors. I think, as I said earlier, though, you do need to be selective in, in the exposures you do take because the valuation multiples are also important and the price you pay for exposure to that asset class is important. And Tim, staying with you, do you think there are different ways of assessing small cap healthcare stocks as opposed to small caps in general? I think you probably need to set aside the biotechs. They're a bit of a different beast. But beyond that, healthcare names are fairly much the same as other industrials. You need to get a good understanding of the company's uh, 
earnings capacity, its growth potential, and the, and the quality of the business in terms of its riskiness and the reinvestment needs. To do that, you need to understand the competitive dynamic of the industry and, and the sources of value creation within the industry. So it's no different in healthcare than in other parts of the market. I would say though, the stocks that are in the US market, there has been a nuance there. Because of the archaic nature of the US healthcare system, there are quite uh, misaligned incentives in a lot of instances and perverse outcomes as a result of that. Not always easy to identify, so investors do need to spend a lot of time looking at that market in particular. The US is definitely a different beast, isn't it? Now, do you see any other metrics that you need to assess when looking at healthcare stocks compared to small caps? Yeah, so if I take a step back, you know, at Wilson Asset Management, you know, our investment process is to look for undervalued growth companies with catalysts that could re-rate the share price. Um, and with healthcare names, it's the same. We are, we are looking for those inflection points. I guess specifically to your question, we do spend a lot more time on the regulatory backdrop and the, the funding environment. So as with SDA, when we first invested in the business uh, over two years ago, we also spend a lot of time tr trying to work out the market share gains and losses. So you get regular Medicare data that comes out so you can see where the trends are going. You're just having to figure out you know, why, the, why it's happening and why certain players are winning share. Now, Tobias, I'll stay with you. When it comes to small cap healthcare stocks, is it safer to play the traditional routes like aged care, uh, blood testing, imaging, or do you see there's opportunity in the biotech space? Yeah, so we believe it depends on the um, risk appetite and the time horizon of the investor. Historically, we haven't really played in the biotech space as much, um, you know, un unless we see a very clear catalyst and very attractive risk reward uh, trade-offs, so such as Neuron uh, earlier in the year. We're a little bit boring, so we play more in the uh, traditional healthcare names and things we can understand, we can track, and that's not really relying on binary outcomes. Yeah, absolutely. Tim, thoughts on this one? Do you think that it's, uh, it's important to have the specialist skills and knowledge before delving into this space, or are you a more traditional investor in the healthcare oh, listen, space? It's or certainly biotech? safer to play, as Tobias said, in that established part of the market. Those early stage biotechs are extraordinarily risky and, yeah. and very much a binary outcome. I think that in those instances you do need to lean on the experts in their field because there's no one who's got you know, sufficient expertise across the range of biotechs that can have strong insights into all of them. So for that reason, we, when we are looking at biotechs, we do rely heavily on experts in the field. Absolutely. Now, it's my favourite part of the episode where I ask the experts to bring some stock picks and their different opportunities for us, uh, for the audience here at Livewire. Now, Tim, I'll start with you. Where are you seeing the opportunities and uh, within this subsector? And can you provide an example of a buy? Sure. A stock that I would encourage investors to have a good look at is Aroa Biosurgery. It's a company, in very simplistic terms, which is a disservice to it, it basically manufactures, develops and manufactures surgical meshes and uh, skin substitutes, very crudely speaking, and as I say, it does a disservice given the science that's actually supporting these products. But that said, the reasons I like it, it's a very, very large market opportunity. It's in aggregate, its markets are in the order of one and a half billion US dollars. Uh, it's an, a company that's coming to market with products that are differentiated and disruptive on price. They're coming in at a lower price point. And in addition to that, for the three key stakeholders in the market, it's beneficial for patients, beneficial for doctors, and it's beneficial for hospitals. So you're basically giving everyone in the value chain a benefit by adopting these products. For that reason, we think the adoption will be relatively rapid and the market share gains should be very solid over the next three to five years. Aurora Biosurgery, you've heard it here from Tim. Now, Tobias, where are you seeing the opportunity and where's your buy rating for us? Yeah, so we quite like the uh, pathology and radiology space. So Helios is a standout name for us. No, it is a battleground stock. There's a 
there's an ACL takeover in the background and they, they're sort of facing some of the industry headwinds with GPs um, currently. However, we believe the market's missed how hard they've gone uh, in terms of cutting costs and fixing their balance sheets. So once you know, some of the headwinds washes through, we believe the earnings on the other side is going to be a lot stronger than expected over the next two years. So Helios uh, is a buy for us. Well, that's all we have time for today. I hope you enjoyed that special healthcare episode of Livewise Buy, Hold, Sell. If you did, why not give it a like? Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're adding so much great content every single week. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis and insights. Register for free online at livewiremarkets.com and you'll discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts.